Will President Trump cause a war in the Middle East, in Iran, in Turkey, in Iraq, Syria, Saudi Arabia? Let's take a look at what the Bible says. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. One of the foremost prophecy teachers out there, um, I happened to catch one of his YouTube videos, and he said some things that I thought were just a little bit uh, missing the mark, let's say. And I wrote about it in my comments below, and here's what I said. And keep in mind, it doesn't matter one iota what I believe. All that matters is what God has written in his word. He is the boss and he knows best. But this is what I wrote. Most people are shockingly ignorant about the fulfillment of Matthew 24, verse 29. Quote, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And I said, Understand that one verse, and you are miles ahead of understanding all prophecy. Here, Jesus predicts, that the Middle East will erupt in World War III with nukes falling all over the place and exploding many of the oil fields on fire with an endless fuel supply. We have to consider, how is oil made? Uh, Chevron told us years and years ago in the early 60s that oil is a limited quantity made by disintegrating dinosaurs that got buried. Sorry, Chevron, but I disagree with you. Oil is the result of the methane core of our Earth. And this methane has all sorts of chemicals in it. And it's trying to work its way up through the, uh, the crust of the Earth, up toward our atmosphere. The, the air. And as it does, and it touches a body of buried water underneath the ground, it picks up a hydrogen molecule. And then as it passes through coal or something like that, it picks up a carbon molecule. So what you have is methyl hydrocarbon. And when that cools, it's oil. No dinosaurs were ever buried 10,000 feet down or more. Think about that. So yes, I'm saying that Jesus is predicting the Middle East will erupt in World War III with nukes falling all over and exploding many oil fields on fire with an endless fuel supply. That's why I say that. It's from the methane core of the earth. That's a lot of oil. Do you know that oil is the second most abundant liquid on planet Earth? That's right. It's the second largest liquid. But water can't catch on fire. Oil can.
That's why the sun and moon will not give their light, as we just read in Matthew 24:29. The sun would be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The resulting heat and smoke will cover the planet, blocking sunlight, destroying moonlight, and causing all 22,500 or more satellites to plummet to the ground, ending the Internet. It means the end of all travel, all communication, all commerce, and finance. The stars that are going to fall are man-made satellites. Let's not miss the fact that it will also destroy our weather. Without weather, we have no crops. Without crops, there's no food and no animals. They're all going to die. I'm not the great predictor. That would be Jesus. Jesus is the one who said these things. He has a way of boiling it all down and putting all of that in one sentence. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. With the weather being destroyed like that and the heat of the fires that are going to be exploding in the Middle East, like in Saudi Arabia, Iran, Oman, Yemen, the UAR, Iraq, Israel, Syria, and Turkey, that whole area will be covered with black smoke as a result of these uh, nuclear fires that are going on. And they cannot be put out because it gets too hot to get anywhere near it. So how are they going to put it out? Not going to happen. Now why do I say that all the uh, stars falling from heaven means is the satellites? Well, you know that suns are stars. That's what what they are. When you look out at the night sky and you're fortunate enough to be in an area where you can actually see stars, those stars are suns like ours. Some of them are many, many, many times bigger. But they're not going to fall. They're fixed. They can't fall to the earth. If they did, some of them would be so big they would take in our whole solar system one orb. Wow. So that's not what Jesus is talking about. The stars are man-made stars. They're called satellites. It's what keeps the internet alive, as I've said before. The powers of the heavens that will be shaken is our weather. The superheat of our globe will be the result of hundreds of craters exposed to the air, filled with oil, and set on fire by these bombs. You can imagine what daytime temperatures would look like with all that heat being emitted into our atmosphere, an upper atmosphere. Can you live in an atmosphere of 140 to 160 degrees? Nobody can. I think that will be a great killer of mankind, and few men and women will be left on our planet, as we will see.
all the ice on planet Earth will melt. That's a prediction I'm making. That means no polar ice caps at all. And all the mountains of the Earth with snow on them will not have snow on them anymore. All that water filling into the oceans will um, cause some of them to be immersed, that is, submerged, if you ask me. Without weather, there's no crops. You can't grow food without rain and sunshine. There's no food, there's no drinking water, and what we have is this great dark cloud of smoke. And as the earth turns round and round in every 24-hour period, the sky grows dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer to the point where it darkens the whole earth. People will start to panic as they scramble to stay alive. Chaos will reign everywhere. Now, it's every man for himself. There will be no more travel. Forget that. No more air traffic. No more sea. Uh, no more cruises. It's a popular thing to go on a cruise. Wow, that's really a luxury and, and nice. Yeah, well, in those days, <laughs> that'll stop. I predict also great tsunamis will go all over the earth. The seas will roar. You can find every bit of this in the Bible. Just look for it. All these are the ramifications of World War III. If they break out World War III in the Middle East, well, you can imagine Iran is Shiite. They're strict, early Muslim Orthodox let's call it. Then there's Saudi Arabia. They're more loose, and they're, they're called Sunnis over there. And the Sunnis and the Shiites do not get along. In between the two is the Persian Gulf, including the Gulf of Oman. Between the Gulf of Oman and the Persian Gulf is a little 21-mile-long strait called the Strait of Hormuz. They're already threatening to mine the place so that Nobody can get oil tankers in or out of the Persian Gulf. Well, that's a trigger for World War III, seems to me, or at least it could be. So what do we have? We have the Persian Gulf between Iran and Saudi, and also Iraq. Iraq is caught in between the Iranians and the Saudis. That's the land of the valley, that big valley with the Tigris and Euphrates rivers running through it, one-time great rivers. Now, the thing is, the oil, an ocean of oil is buried under Iraq. Only the problem is, it's not really all that buried. It's just a few feet down, maybe 25 to 100 feet down, to this big body of oil. Keep in mind that it's continually regenerating. It is not a limited quantity, period. We can't live long enough to make that go away anytime 
during our lives. The next 150 years at least will be filled with oil. At least that's my opinion. Big deal, right? Well, anyway, let's continue. Chaos will reign in those days because people are be, uh, will be not able to go to work. Instead, they're going to try to stay alive. That's not always going to be an easy thing. Chaos reigning. Every man will be for himself. And there's no way to put these fires out because the heat will be so intense, so hot, and so stinky, and so toxic. It's radioactive. And that toxic radioactive smoke is going up into the atmosphere of planet Earth. And as it turns, it's filling up every sky, including the one you look at and the one I look at. As each one of these pools of oil burn at super hot temperatures, maybe 5,000 degrees, how much heat does it take to melt sand? Not that much, maybe 2,000 degrees tops. At 5,000 degrees, it's going to melt fast. And that oil will spread. And so will the fire and the smoke and the heat. Oh boy, we have a problem, Houston. You know, Christians are expecting a pre-trib rapture where they're going to be snatched away. We'll be out of here. You know, and you've heard me before, maybe, um, criticize this viewpoint. I don't believe it's real at all. So bear with me, if you would, and I'll try to explain. This is on my mind a lot because President Trump is, um, you know, not going to put up with a lot of baloney from Iran. It could escalate. I know I've done this recently, but Matthew 24 and Isaiah 24 and 34 have a lot to say on this. Jesus told us in Matthew 24, verse 4, Don't let anyone mislead you and come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And I'm reading from the NLT, the New Living Translation, which is an excellent translation. He says, um, you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Now, this would be a perfect time for Jesus to interject the idea of a rapture. But you, O Christian, he might say, will be raptured away. You'll be snatched away. I'll snatch you away and take you to heaven to be with me while the rest of the world nukes it out and burns. But no, here's what he said in verse 9. Then you will be persecuted and killed. What? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. we don't want to. We don't want to do that. And you're right. We don't. Who wants to die? You will be hated all over the world. Why? Because you are my followers. 
and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. How's your love doing? Hmm, how's mine doing? But the one who endures to the end will be saved. It's not the one who gets snatched away. It's not the, the tares that get harvested um, that are not going to be burned. The tares get burned up first, and then he harvests his wheat. Don't forget that. Verse uh, 14, the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. There's no rapture in any of these verses. Why not? It's a perfect time for him to say that, if it were real, but it's not. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Says, reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. Whoa. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Why? For there will be greater anguish at that time than at any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is cut short or shortened, not a single person will survive. I want to drop down to verse 26. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't bother to go out and look. Or, look, he's hiding in there. Don't believe it. For as lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. This is verse 29. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, and the stars will fall from the sky. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Unquote. Verse 30, then at last, the sign of the Son of Man, and that he's coming, it will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. Well, why are they mourning? Well, because of all the things that have happened. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Whether they're in the sky, in an airplane, let's say, or whatever, he will gather them all to himself. At that time, 
This is after the sun is darkened, after the moon cannot give light, after the stars or satellites fall from the sky, and after the powers of the heavens, that's the weather, is shaken. So you see, it's not a pre-trib rapture. It's a post-trib rapture, if you want to call it a rapture at all. Here's the way Isaiah put it in chapter 24. Verse 1, Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth. He's going to destroy it and make it a vast wasteland. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. Priests and lay people, servants and masters, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors, none will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. The earth mourns and dries up. The crops waste away and wither. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers from or for the sins of its people, for they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. This is why all this is happening. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. They are destroyed by fire, and only a few are left alive. Unquote. Scary stuff, to be sure. Have you ever considered the fact that we're expecting Jesus to return intimately at any time, in other words, and that no prophecy has to be fulfilled before the return of Christ? That is a barefaced lie. It's not true. There's a lot of things that have to happen, which we just went over. If we're expecting Jesus at any moment and he doesn't show up, will we lose faith? Answer, of course. It has to get to the point where we don't expect him. At such a time as you think not, the Son of Man returns. That's what Jesus said. How else would it come as a thief? Well, we're expecting right now, so... The thief can't come, seems to me. He's not going to catch us by surprise for expecting him. But it's going to get to the point where it's so bad on planet Earth, they will think there will be no survivors. So in reality, what we have is a situation where if God, in in the form of Jesus, doesn't come back, doesn't intervene to save his planet, which he is the creator of and owner of, no one would survive. He must come to rescue his planet, and that's what he predicts he will do. You can find these words in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, the Minor Prophets, the Book of Revelation. It's throughout the Bible. Just watch and, and read your word, or his, his words, actually. I got a response back from a woman who said, Very interesting. Also, in addition to what you've already said, what about 
2 Thessalonians 2, 1-4. That's another reference with regard to our gathering to be with him. She continues, this verse says that it will not happen until the man of lawlessness is revealed. She said, I just read it again. Also, YHVH, Yahweh, said that he would cleanse the earth once again with fire this time and not with a flood. I just read again the history of the song, It Is Well, with my soul. It was inspired by sorrowful severe testing. As I was writing this, I hear Amir and this other man talking about, quote, the tribulation being the wrath of YHVH. And I don't think that is true. Sorry, but there is a seven-year tribulation of Satan because he knows that his time is short and then there is the wrath of YHVH when he pours out his wrath-slash-punishment on the wicked, unbelieving mankind. And we are subject to tribulation, which none of us want to go through at that time of severe testing. What do you think? So here's my response, or at least part of it. In my estimation, the man of sin is that great liar-in-chief who deceives the majority and who most of Middle Eastern peoples revere. Those who are expecting to get raptured away from their responsibilities are the very ones who will be disappointed and fall away when it doesn't happen on their timetable. At that time, the man of sin will have wrecked so many lives there will be no doubt as to who it is. Allow me to remind you of 1 Thessalonians 4:16 through 18. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left, in other words, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. If we are to expect him imminently, that is, at any time now, what happened to the prediction of a loud command, the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet call of God? And then what about the dead rising first? After that, we who are alive rise, but not until then. We rise after the dead in Christ rise, not when it's desired by us so we can escape this world's problems. Jesus is warning us to be patient and to endure. He said we'd be persecuted, mocked, rejected, betrayed, and some would even be killed for their faith. He never promised us a rose garden, but rather adversity. Sadly, American Christians are wimpy, wet noodles who count on being snatched away ahead of his schedule. Let me tell you, folks, wishful thinking is unbecoming of a true believer. Thanks for your encouraging and quick response, I wrote. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. We need to pay attention to the words of God, not to the words of men so much. It doesn't matter what I believe, it's a matter of what he says. So, 
read your Bible and trust God. That's the best advice I can give you for now. So I'm going to end the podcast here and pick this up again next time. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't be too depressed because he owns the planet. He knows how to fix it. And that's exactly what he predicts he will do. Trust in him. See you next time.